Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. The Jesse Blake Sports Report. Really? Oh, wait, really? The Jesse Blake Sports Report. That's it? Don't forget, it's the Jesse Blake Sports Report with Jesse Blake. <laughs> you know, that's kind of redundant. Dude, is there a problem? No, it's fine. I, I just, you know, I thought maybe you guys would come up with something, you know, good. Man, I just read it. You know what? Doesn't matter to me. I get paid by the word. <laughs> Let's do this. The Jesse Blake Sports Report with Jesse Blake. Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Doer. Go to doer.ca and use the code SDPN15 for 15% off of your purchase of the world's most comfortable pants. If you can see me right now on camera, I am rubbing the performance denim on my face. They are so soft and so flexible and stretchy and perfect. I'm also wearing a Dewar tee. It's a plain white tee, and it's absolutely fantastic. They have everything you need for your fall wardrobe, men and women's clothes. If you can get down to an in-store location, I went to the one on Queen West this week, and I got these jeans, and I got a polo, and I got this t-shirt, and it is so unbelievably soft. I just want you to feel the clothes, feel the flexibility, feel the lightweightness. That's not a word, but feel the softness of the Dewar clothes. Incredible. Dewar.ca. The code is SDPN15, 15% off of your purchase. Coming up on today's episode of the Jesse Blake Sports Report, I'm going to run down one take on each and every NFL team to get you hyped for the season kickoff tomorrow. Football's back, baby! One take on every NFL team. Here we go. We're going to run down the list of NFL teams here in alphabetical order. Arizona Cardinals. Last year, they started 7-0 despite beating the Titans, Vikings, Rams, San Francisco. On route to that 7-0 start, no one believed in the Arizona Cardinals. No one thought they were for real. And when push came to shove, if you remember, they lost by three touchdowns to the Rams in the uh, first round of the playoffs. So this year, are the, are the Cardinals fake contenders again or are they real contenders? And like, I don't think they're real contenders, but I think there's enough wins here that they can squeak out an over on the eight and a half wins total set on sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. Like their defense is, okay, it's got J.J. Watt. It, it lacks real stars, so that's why I'm not like, oh, they're going to put together an 11-win uh, regular season again. Nah, they'll, they'll squeak out a 9-win season. I expect San Francisco to struggle a little bit with this Trey Lance, Jimmy G thing. And I'm talking about San Fran because the division comes to play here. Seattle's a team they can beat up on. And the Rams Super Bowl hangover? I don't know. But I know Arizona can hang in the regular season that the playoffs are a different whole ma other matter when it comes to Kyler Murray and delivering in the playoffs. But in the regular season, expect this team to find a connection, even without DeAndre Hopkins for the first six games. Expect Kyler and Marquise Brown to find a little bit of a connection. And then you throw in Hopkins in there. And then it, everything kind of starts clicking. I like what the Cardinals have on their roster. I expect over eight and a half wins. I'm taking the over here, Arizona Cardinals. Next up. Atlanta Falcons. This isn't going to be a good season. When sports books like Sports Interaction have you listed at four and a half wins on the over under, you know that the fans are in for one hell of a sad season. Now, outside of uh, Cordero Patterson and Kyle Pitts, there's like no one on this roster that you would even want in fantasy. And those two individuals, Pitts and Patterson, they're going to be receiving passes and handoffs from Marcus Mariota. And am I going to be the one to put my money on Marcus Mariota 
hitting five wins this season as a starting quarterback in Atlanta? No, I am not. I expect uh, Atlanta will hit the under here of four and a half. Some It's going to be a sad, long four-win season for the Falcons. And I want to throw in uh, A.J. Terrell and Casey Howard Jr. because those are young, talented cornerbacks, cornerbacks that the Atlanta Falcons have. They're young. So I don't expect like their two young cornerbacks to take over the team and, and lead this defense to a five-win season. But I want to shout them out. There's a lot of good little pieces that the Falcons have, unlike teams like Seattle, where I think they should tear it all down and do, do a complete rebuild. I was going to mention the Bears as well, who are kind of like teetering this middle area where they're not kind of tearing it down. I think Atlanta's doing the right thing here by dumping everything. They're going to get a really high draft pick. And in a couple years, they're going to be back amongst the contenders. There's a lot to look forward to for the future. Just not 2022 isn't Falcons year. Four win season. Baltimore Ravens, you're either in or you're completely out on a Lamar Jackson bounce back, take over the world season. I feel like those are the only two camps that they have here. Uh, amongst football fans. It's like, okay, will he be 2019 MVP season Lamar Jackson again, where he dominated the league and won a whole bunch of people their fantasy leagues, including myself, smartly picked Lamar in 2019, won my fantasy league. This year, I'm hoping it's Jalen Hurts, but we'll see. Um, I know nobody cares about anybody's fantasy team except for their own, but you should be proud of me for selecting Jalen Hurts because I think he's going to be another star. Back to the Ravens. Last year, Lamar only got into about 12 games. He only got into 12 games. Had uh, some career-low injuries, uh, low stats because of injuries. Now this season, his receiving core has gone from, like, bad, not the greatest, to worse. Uh, they haven't. They didn't really add after losing a piece like Marquise Brown. And J.K. Dobbins, who's going to be back in the lineup, hasn't played a game since 2020. Uh, so, so we're gonna we don't know what we're gonna get out of Dobbins, but their injured defense from last year is now all healthy. It projects to be like in the top ten in the NFL. We'll see how it plays out, but Baltimore is projected to have a very good defense, and they have Lamar Jackson, they have Mark Andrews. The offense they will find a way that tandem plus everybody around them. Sports Interaction has them at a nine and a half over under. I think they can pull out a 10 win season here. I got the over on the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar's back season. It's about to begin. Buffalo Bills. For the Buffalo Bills this year, anything short of AFC championship game is a failure. This is the best team in the league on paper, I'm saying this year. Best team, Josh Allen, should be in contention for the MVP by the end of this thing. Stefan Diggs should go off and win a couple leagues himself. I expect that the Bills hit this over-under of 11.5. Now, it's not the smartest thing to do. We're going to get to this at the end of this when we get to Tampa Bay when we realize, hey, betting on teams to hit these high double-digit numbers isn't the smartest bets. But... There's a couple teams here that I really believe that, hey, just bank on them getting these wins. They're good, and if everything goes to plan, if they avoid all the injuries, they should just take care of business, and they're talented enough to take care of business. I think like the top half of the league 
is really going to separate itself from the middle pack, which is I think it's huge this season, and then the lower tier, which is just a handful of teams that are just like not in contention. And the Buffalo Bills are at the top of the top of that. And I think this season they really separate themselves. Bank on Josh Allen, MVP, contender season, uh, hitting 12 wins for the Buffalo Bills. Hit that over. Carolina Panthers, Baker Mayfield revenge season. Is it coming? Like, probably no, because Baker's not the greatest quarterback in the world. But everything I've seen from his connection with DJ Moore has looked great in preseason and training camp. But, like, the first rule of preseason and training camp in the NFL is to take nothing away from preseason and training camp. Because when push comes to shove and, like, the season begins, everything's different. Everything's completely different. And training camp, we realize, is this microcosm of nothing. That means absolutely nothing. And these are just practices. And everybody can look good in a practice. That's the rule of preseason. Take nothing away from preseason. So... How do we look at this and we and we try and analyze the upcoming season for the Panthers and Baker? Baker had weapons in Cleveland. Like we 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 look at like this Panther situation and we see this offense as Christian McCaffrey or DJ Moore. Baker had these types of weapons and he managed one winning season in Cleveland. That's all he managed as a starting quarterback. Um a healthy Christian McCaffrey definitely helps his situation, but like McCaffrey's only played 10 games in two years. 10 games total over the last two years. Are we trusting that McCaffrey has a completely healthy season? It's not a good bet to make. Um, I think the Panthers find a way to pull it together for like small stretches. And like I just pulled up the over under here for the Panthers, and it's only six and a half. I don't like the Panthers as a whole this team like I I don't I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs but to hit this over they don't have to be a playoff team they can walk away with seven wins and hit this six and a half um Baker in a fresh situation like I think he he gets motivated for a couple games here Panthers don't have a spectacular season they eke out seven wins I think so I'm gonna go with the over and a mediocre season that's the projection on the Panthers Chicago Bears there's not a lot of nice things to say about the Bears like I went with for the for the Panthers there I went with all negative things but I believe in them the Bears I'm going with all negative things and all negative things and I don't believe in them they lost their two top defensive linemen this offseason from an already weak defensive line Darnell Mooney Brian Pringle are their number one and number two receivers Justin Fields will struggle to take the next step uh, if he continues to play with this woeful offense. The over-under here is a spectacular six and a half. Can you... How... Really? Giving away money. I'm going to come to regret that saying that, but I think this under is so easy. Is basically free money. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. But like right now, looking at this Bears roster, looking at just where they are in the division, how they played last year, we really think Justin Fields is going to string together this seven-win season. I have them as one of the bottom five teams in the NFL, and like that's a that's a six and below win team. I don't know how these sports books are rating them the same as a team like the Panthers who have a ton of weapons, who might not have the best defense, but I like them so much more than the Bears. 
hammer all the unders on the Bears. Hammer them to lose a whole bunch of games. There's nothing good, really, for the Bears. Uh, the Bengals should get better, right? Like, the Bengals should improve. And last year, they went to the Super Bowl. So, uh how do how do we how do we correctly analyze this team? Like nobody predicted that they would come within four points last year of winning the Super Bowl. They're like one year ahead of where they should be. So they got another year of uh, Burrow, Chase, Mixon, Higgins. Like that's there. That's the four, the big four there on the offensive end. And things don't always go to plan. But to hit the over on the Bengals, they need a repeat performance of last year's 10 and, a, 10 and 7 season. So it's 9.5 uh, is their over-under. I think they do it. Like, we we should only expect, barring injuries, injuries are always a factor in the NFL, but you can't bet according to injuries happening uh, unless it's on Christian McCaffrey or Derrick Henry. We should expect the Cincinnati Bengals to get better this year. We should be, We should expect them to easily continue the chase and burrow connection all the way to the playoffs and make a solid run win a couple games there at least and probably be back in that afc championship game cleveland browns i don't have a lot here i just i, I want to say that i don't have a lot of respect for uh an organization and a franchise that chose to give deshaun watson 230 million dollars guaranteed despite there being at the time of the contract signing over 20 women who have accused him of sexual misconduct I wouldn't give a person like that $230 million guaranteed. I wouldn't go out of my way to give up assets to acquire a person who has all of those allegations against them. Uh, Rita Smith, an NFL senior advisor on domestic violence and sexual assault cases, told Cleveland.com that, I feel like he's playing us. He's saying exactly what he thinks he needs to say to get on the field again. He's not thinking strategically at all about, did I cause harm to other people? He's not questioning any of his behaviors at all. That's her speaking on Deshaun Watson. And I have a hard time disagreeing with anything she just said. The Dallas Cowboys. For all the hype and PR that the Cowboys offensive stars receive, like the real stars of this team are Micah Parsons and Diggs. The Cowboys as a team led the league in total touchdowns. And like the thing that pushed them ahead of the Bucks on the total touchdowns uh, tally chart was their defensive TDs of five. Five defensive TDs, a ridiculous number. Plus, it was because of 26 interceptions. 26 interceptions is a number that has season-altering potential. Like, if you can keep up something like that for another year, like this upcoming season, the Cowboys, again, could be dominating the NFC East. A healthy Zeke and Tony Pollard is a dangerous backfield. And if Dak can avoid, you know, giant mistakes at end of games, the Cowboys should again be a playoff team. With all that being said, the over-under here is set at 10.5. 10.5 wins is too much. Ten and a half, betting on the Cowboys at 11 wins is a lot. If this was nine and a half, even if this was eight and a half, I'd throw my entire, all my entire bank account on it. If it was nine and a half, like I would seriously consider taking that, hitting that over. But 10 and a half, 11 win Cowboys, just, hey, this is what I'm putting my faith in. No, it's a great team. It's going to be a playoff team. 11 wins guaranteeing it. I won't do it. I take the under there on sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. The Denver Broncos currently have the second longest active streak of not making the playoffs after the Jets. The Jets have the longest streak. The Denver Broncos are second. They haven't made a playoff since 2015. 
With the addition of Russell Wilson to an already decent offense, most people are expecting that the streak will end this year. Their secondary is very strong, uh, headlined by Pat Sertan, uh, Javante Williams, Corton Sutton, Melvin Gordon. They're all back for another year. They're in a very tough division, though. And like this is, it's funny that these teams came up back to back, the Cowboys and the Broncos. It's a very similar situation in that I think they're going to be a good team. I think they're going to make the playoffs, but an 11 win season is too much. I'm not taking the over under, which is set at 10 and a half wins. I'm not banking on uh, the Broncos hitting that. I think they sit in a 10 win season. 10 is very good. 10 and 7 will get you right to the playoffs. Could get you to a Super Bowl like the Bengals. Nine win season is usually good for the playoffs as well. Uh, We'll see how that works out with the 17 game season, nine and eight, but we'll see. Um, yeah, I'm not taking 11 win Denver Broncos this season. I'll I'll take the under there at uh, 10 and a half. The Detroit Lions have a lot to be excited about in the near future. Great offensive teams have great offensive lines, and the Lions have players in place for that. But the person stationed behind that terrific offensive line is Jared Goff. So they're they're missing some pieces here in that. Jared Goff is the quarterback, but they've done an excellent job building the pieces around him. Uh, the Lions managed three wins last year with none of them coming on the road. They were all home wins, which is such a such a weird little anomaly. They were just awful. Um, I don't see much improvement with the team outside of that offensive line, even if the Lions were to like double their win total from last year to six. That's still not enough to hit the over-under. So the over-under here is sit at, set at six and a half. I like the offensive talents that the Lions have outside of Jared Goff. The defense has going to be really shaky. I don't see a lot of potential there, but they'd have to more than double their win total from last year to hit an over-under of six and a half. I think an easy bet here is the bank that they don't do it, that they are hit the under of six and a half, and they land somewhere in the six-win range. Six, five-win season. It's going to be another long year for Lions fans, and that's unfortunately how this decade has gone for Lions fans. Green Bay Packers are going to not do ayahuasca while playing. Green Bay Packers are a really good bet to finish first in the NFC. Last three seasons, the Packers have had 13 wins, 13 wins, and 13 wins. If you didn't catch that, that's 13 wins every season for the last three seasons. Yes, they lost Devontae Adams, but not paying the high-priced wide receiver is like the way to build an NFL roster in 2022. It's kind of you you diverge yourself of that big salary and you spread out the money in different ways. You know, you build from the quarterback out. Uh, you don't give all that boatload of money to the wide receiver and you find other ways. You put it in different parts of your lineup. They still have Aaron Rodgers. They still have Aaron Jones. They still have A.J. Dillon. They have one of the best uh, safeties in the league, uh, Adrian Amos, stellar cornerbacks, uh, a well-established winning system, 13 wins, hey. Um, the over-under is set at 10.5. This is a team where you're like, yes, I have faith that they're one of the top teams. The NFC, like I said, and I think the AFC, the top is the top. There's a little tier of a bunch of teams that are going to dominate, and the Packers are one of these teams. So this is a team you should look at and say, hey, they're going to get 11, 11 plus wins. Sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. The over-under is set at 10.5. I'm going to say the Packers can beat up on the Lions and Bears, and they hit that over. 
Now let's get Aaron Rodgers to stop saying the most unhinged things in the media. Uh, The Houston Texans. I'm a big fan of Damian Pierce and Davis Mills. Pierce, coming in as a rookie, what's our one rule? We don't believe anything that we see in the preseason, but Damian Pierce has looked great in the preseason. We forget, though, too, that it's not just Pierce out there. It's going to be Rex Burkhead and Pierce, even though Pierce looks to be the starting running back. It's going to be Pierce and uh, Burkhead. Now, I want to take you back to week 16 last year versus the Chargers. It's what we can see happening kind of at least five times this upcoming season. The over-under is only four and a half. So can this scenario happen five times? A game where the offensive line looks great. It looked great in that game versus the Chargers. Davis Mills is able to spread the ball around for a couple hundred yards. The defense makes a couple huge plays, which they did versus the Chargers and Herbert. And I use the Chargers game because it's one of their few wins, and the Chargers are a very good team. That's what it took. We had an amazing game by Burkhead. We had the defense come up with a huge plays, and Davis Mills just kind of managed and didn't make any giant mistakes. Now we have Burkhead and Pierce. We still have Brandon Cooks. We got Mills another year in the NFL. We got an okay defense that can still make big plays. And let's not move on too quickly before we miss out on Brandon Cooks' praise. Uh, He's good for at least 1,000 yards and six TDs almost his entire career. Brandon Cooks is nothing but consistent. This team's got enough. The the over-under is only at four and a half. Houston has enough for five wins. Um, I think like the Bears, who we talked about, replaced them at the bottom there. Let's go. Houston Texans hit that over, get five wins this year. Who's the best running back in the league? Is it the Indianapolis Colts' Jonathan Taylor or Derrick Henry? That's kind of the end of the list. It's it's one or the other. I know you want to throw in your your Zeke's or your Najee Harris's, but realistic Christian McCaffrey, if you count him as as a running back and not just some hybrid hybrid player. It's Jonathan Taylor or it's Derrick Henry. And that's the tier that Jonathan Taylor is in. And despite that, the Colts missed the playoffs. They had a 9-8 and eight season last year. And going into the final two games, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to refresh your memory here on what happened last year with the Indianapolis Colts. Going into the final two games of last year, the Colts had a 98% chance of making the playoffs. Carson Wentz found a way to lose to Vegas in Week 17. And then Week 18, if you remember the spectacular loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars, it was a monumental way for a team to miss the playoffs and uh, on the last week of the year. And just what a colossal, colossal way to end your year on the worst possible note. Now Wentz is gone. Matt Ryan is in. Smiles, everybody. Smiles for Carson Wentz being gone. You have to think, that with most of the team returning, Carson Wentz out, Matt Ryan in, that they'll pick up where they left off at week 16 of the season where there were a 98% chance to make the playoffs. Nine and a half is the over-under on sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. This is a 10-win team. It's a 10-win team. It was a 10-win team last year, barring a huge collapse. The team's there. When you have top two best player in the league you really shouldn't miss the playoffs you should be a double digit win team let's bank on the colts hitting that over
we're moving on to the aforementioned Jacksonville Jaguars. They should also be substantially better just by default because they let go of their problem with the Colts. It was let going of Carson Wentz and bringing in uh, Matt Ryan. With the Jacksonville Jaguars, it was letting go of their head coach, Urban Meyer, who is one of the worst head coaches in NFL history. We don't need to spend time on the Urban Meyer-Jacksonville Jaguars saga. If you're an NFL fan, you lived through that pain. It was one of the biggest disasters in NFL history. Uh, 2-11. 2-11 is what the Jags went under Meyer. Is no Urban Meyer... Another year for Trevor Lawrence and the addition of Christian Kirk to the team enough to get this team. Here's the over-under. Six and a half wins. That's a little high for a two and a half win team. I think that's an easy under. I don't see how you don't improve a struggling offensive line. They, They were bottom half of the league last year. They didn't really upgrade it in any way. They're not going to give Trevor Lawrence more time. The weapons, yeah, there's there's one more weapon for him, but he's a second-year quarterback. I don't know what leap we're expecting him to make and the Jaguars to make. The defense still ranks near the bottom of the league. Uh, Evan Ingram, James Robertson, Zay Jones. Like, that's not... Those aren't enough weapons for me to get excited about the Jags. It's, there's nothing there. I'm not, I'm not buying into a seven-win Jacksonville Jaguars season. You can't. You can't make me do that. You can't. Kansas City Chiefs, though, you can make me buy into them being the Kansas City Chiefs, which is a perennial top-of-the-league team. When we last saw the Kansas City Chiefs, they were blowing a huge halftime lead to the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, and they were blowing it in spectacular fashion. Since then, they've traded Tyreek Hill, acquired Juju, uh, Valdez Scantling, Sky Moore, and Ronald Jones. Uh, Since Mahomes has been starter of the Chiefs during the regular season, uh, he's had 12 wins, 11 wins, 14 wins, and 12 12 wins last year. Um, So I'm going to sit here and I'm going to tell you that the Chiefs are a good team and they're probably going to win 11 games. Despite all the credit you might give to Tyreek Hill and the Chiefs being good and like them losing to Hill is going to hurt them and all that stuff and they blew that giant lead to the Bengals. No, this is a great team. They have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. And all they've done is add pieces where Tyreek Hill would have had that uh, those receptions. Um, they, they still have Edwards Hilaire. They have Ronald Jones now to, to supplant his workload. This is, uh, the defense has always been solid. This is a great team. This is a team that is about Patrick Mahomes. And that gentleman is still there and still thriving and still the most talented quarterback outside of Josh Allen in the NFL. I think we're also going to see, if you're in a fantasy football, Juju is going to be a great late-round late draft pick for you. I think he's going to have a great season. Uh, underratedly, a great acquisition. Mahomes is going to be fine. The Chiefs are going to be fine. Take the over on 10.5 wins for them. The Las Vegas Raiders. Now, they're, they're a complicated situation here because they're a very good team who acquired Devontae Adam, who still has Derek Carr, uh, still has Hunter Renfro. They were 6-7 and seven last year before going on a four-game win streak to end the year. That four-game win streak is what allowed them to make the playoffs at 10-7. and seven. That 6-7 and seven start included losses to the Bears, the Giants, the Commanders, Two blowout losses to Casey. The team that I see 
that I project we'll see this upcoming season, even with the the addition of Devontae Adams, isn't that, oh, Derek Carr is thriving with Hunter Renfro and the offense looks great team. I think we're going to see that 6-7 and seven team this year. The difference for me really is the teams around them. Denver got better with Russell Wilson. The Chargers should challenge KC for the top of that division. And then the other one's the Colts, who we've already talked about, who should be a decent team. We can't expect them to fold again in Week 17. Darren Waller, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro. It's one of the most lethal passing options in the NFL for any quarterback. Derek Carr should take care of business. But the weak offensive line, the defense that's just okay, middle of the pack, and they're in the best division in football. Someone's got to lose the games in the division. Unfortunately for me, I have it projected to be the Las Vegas Raiders. Great fantasy team. I don't think going to be the great best team in real life. I'm going to take the under, which sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN has set at eight and a half wins. I have them in the seven to eight win range. Los Angeles Chargers, who we just talked about, best division in football, speaking of. Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, one of the best, two of the best defensive players in the entire league. Uh, They both play for the Chargers. The D-line for the Chargers is going to be lethal, as it has been. Uh, This should be the year that the Chargers take the next step. Herbert, Eckler, Allen, Williams, they're all too talented for this not to work. Like, with with the Raiders, like, you see the talent on the defensive end and, like, their quarterback's Derek Carr. In this situation, you have the talent. You have a higher level of talent. Like, let's not compare Josh Jacobs and Austin Eckler. Like, we have a stronger core here on the Chargers. Plus, we have Justin Herbert, who should be a top five quarterback in the NFL this upcoming season. We have that spectacular defense. If they can just like take care of business each time, which those chargers have failed to do. What we've seen out of the chargers, this is a team who didn't make the playoffs last year. Remember Uh, not a playoff team. They should take the leap though. If they can just stay consistent and do what they're supposed to do against the teams that on paper, they are better than That is where they struggle. They struggle in not making the big mistake, which they do very often. This should be the year they clamp down and they get the things done and they get 11 wins here in the regular season. 11 and 6, Los Angeles Chargers. Let's go. Los Angeles Rams. This is a really tough pick on the over-under. This is is one of the ones that I struggled with the most out of these 32 teams. 10 and a half is the over-under win total for the St. Louis Rams. St. Louis Rams. Oh, my God. Slip of the tongue. I'm so sorry. Los Angeles Rams. I'm an ex-St. Louis Rams fan. That's why you heard that. Um, I have a hard time convincing myself that a team with Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, and Matt Stafford all coming back is going to struggle to hit 11 wins. Like, I... Is there... Is there a world where we are underrating the Los Angeles Rams after their Super Bowl win. It seems like everybody's a little down on this team. I just went through some of the top teams in the league. I think at the near the top, everybody has Green Bay, Buffalo, KC, Chargers, Bucks, Rams. Are the Rams there? Are the Rams with those teams? 
or are they in that second tier? The one thing that does concern me here is the Matt Stafford elbow thing that's been going on this offseason. Uh, so he didn't throw at all in the springtime. He requires an anti-inflammatory shot for the lingering elbow injury. Like he just has to get the shot every once in a while. He had to do that through the spring in the, the training camp. Like that, hearing that kind of stuff concerns me a little when you're starting quarterbacks, elbows all mangled. But he said it's fine. So I guess I'll trust it. And I think it'd be a wrong decision to be like, ah, oh, man, the Rams aren't going to do it. I'd rather come in here, talk into this mic, and be wrong about the Rams being good than to be wrong about them being bad. So that's the way I'm leaning with my bet. Because I'd rather be wrong about them being good than wrong about them being bad. You follow me? Taking the over. Miami Dolphins, for his entire NFL career, two seasons, Tua has had one of the worst offensive lines. And that doesn't change this year. Uh, what does change the addition of Tyreek Hill and Chase Edmonds into an offense that already had uh, Jalen Waddell and Gesicki, so at tight end. This is a team that might have assembled like enough offensive weapons to make up for what they lack on the O-line and like linebacker and quarterback where they are also weak. But if there's a lot of pressure on Tua, I don't know if I see him improving. Like there's a lot of pressure on him to improve. Like he he's supposed to be this number one quarterback. This should be the year he takes a leap. Like the weapons have been provided to him. The Dolphins have games again, looking at their schedule. They have games against the Jets twice the Texans, the Lions, and Bears. That should be five wins, depending on like if you think they take care of them all as a favorite. Then you throw in one Pats game, Browns, and the Steelers at home. That's eight wins. And if that's if they get all those wins there, that's eight. That's that's the games against the Jets twice, Texans, Lions, Bears, Pats, Browns at home. Steelers at home, eight wins. The over-under setting at eight and a half. So if you give them all those eight wins, you still got to find another win on the schedule. I don't think they win all those eight games. Like those eight wins, I predict maybe they go six and two. Then I got to find another three wins on the schedule? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I'm taking the under here for the Miami Dolphins. And that Tua leap, He's he's got to do it this year. He's got to prove me and like the doubters wrong because I don't know how many cracks of the can Tua's going to get after this season. It's all out of excuses. It's all out. Who else is all in on the Vikings? Like they could be a major disappointment for half the NFL world. New head coach, Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, top two receiver after Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson. And Adam Thielen. That's a 10 win. There's a 10 win team somewhere in there. The over under is only at nine and a half. Like, I don't know how you look at everything the Vikings have going for them this year and you don't say, like, hey, there's a 10 win team in there. That's a 10 and seven squad. Uh, I really like their D line and what they did last year. The linebacker and corner situation is a little rough, but the uh, biggest white weapon the Vikings have, like, honestly, is uh, Kevin O'Connell, their new head coach. He was the offensive coordinator for the Rams. Like he's the one who was the offensive coordinator for the Rams who won the Super Bowl last year, who we just talked about, who should have 
uh, one of the most high-powered offenses again. He's the guy who did it. Now he's in Minnesota. What can he do with Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen? Like, I'm so excited for this offense and what he is able to unleash here. Rams offense with the Vikings weapons, I think we got this here. Uh, Hit that over on the Minnesota Vikings. New England Patriots. If you haven't been following closely to the New England Patriots offseason, Josh McDaniels left the Patriots this offseason for Vegas. And instead of doing what any normal manager would do in any situation, Bill Belichick watched an episode of The Office and decided, you know what? For this one job, I need two people. Bill Belichick hired Matt Patricia and Joe Judge as the team's offensive managers, is coordinators with an S. They have instead of having one offensive coordinator, they got managers. They got two offensive coordinators who I don't know who play who calls the plays, but if you if you read anything out of the reports of New England, like their local beat writers, it's been a complete shit show during the preseason. Uh, the rushing game isn't going to get any better. It's going to be the bottom half of the league. Uh, Matt Jones is going to tr- struggle to try and get a playoff caliber passing game while throwing to Devontae Parker, Jacoby Myers, and Hunter Henry. Like That's not who your young QB should be passing the ball to. The Pats were great, like really, really great through portions of last year, but largely they played above their talents. It's not gonna go. It's not gonna be a great season for the New England Patriots this year. This offensive coordinator thing is the biggest joke in football right now, in my eyes. Like, I don't know how you have Bill Belichick just allowed to do this kind of nonsense straight out of the office. Eight and a half wins is the over under on sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. Take the under, hammer it. Seven, six, five win season for the New England Patriots. New Orleans Saints are such an interesting team this year. Their defense is something I really believe in. It's a it's a returning core. Uh they've been great at stopping both the run and the pass. Like their defense is is spectacular. Top seven, top five in the NFL I have it ranked. Uh the big questions are on the offense with Jameis Winston. Can he deliver a a good season? under center, a healthy season? Can Kamara deliver a healthy season? Will Michael Thomas be the Michael Thomas of old? We haven't seen him play football since 2019 because of injuries, and no one knows what a Michael Thomas, Jameis Winston connection looks like. But if everything goes to plan, like, and everybody stays healthy, this is a team that should pick up nine wins. They have a top 10 easiest strength of schedule also, by the way. I got Nine wins in there if everything goes according to plan. In these situations, we never know how they go. But on paper, hit that over on sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. New York Giants, can Danny Dimes, Saquon Barkley, Kadarius Tony, can they hit eight wins this year? Like, no. I think this is an easy under. Uh, they're over-under set at seven and a half. Uh, will they be a more competitive team than their abysmal four-win season last year? Yes, I think you can bank on that. Uh, but doubling their win total, I don't see it. By default, a healthy Giants team 
and a year older Danny Dimes, like they'll put together a feisty season that's going to be overcovered uh, by the NFL media. But they've got a new head coach, new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator. Similar roster, but all the coaches around it are completely new. In the previous two years of his three-year career, Daniel Jones has 22 touchdowns and 17 interceptions. That's horrendous. And the Giants don't have enough. I would like to see more of the players on the field uh, shipped out and new ones come back in. I guess you can't... Like, you look at Daniel Jones and Saquon as the anchors and you say, okay, let's give it one more shot with new coaches. Fair. I think it's inevitable that the Giants have a losing season once again. And next year is a whole new ball game where they have to either tear completely down and make some big trades or just more losing. The Jets, New York Jets, unless Brees Hall is the second coming of Marshall Falk, like there isn't enough for six wins in this New York Jets team. It's going to be a sad year in New York by my predictions. Uh, surprisingly, the Jets have one of the tougher schedules in the league uh, based on projected wins. Wilson ended the 2021 season last among all qualified quarterbacks in success rate per pass play, completion percentage, and completion rate below expectation. In other words, Zach Wilson hasn't been very good throughout his entire NFL career. Uh, he can't pass the ball to his receivers. Like he's just he's not good at completing passes. Some of that does have to do with the offensive line. They do not have a good offensive line in New York. And some of that is Wilson's just skill skill level. Uh, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, Corey Davis are like decent targets. And it's a matter of getting them the ball. And Wilson hasn't shown in his career that he can do that. Brees Hall, like Brees Hall and Mark Carter, great fantasy uh, draft picks. If you get them late, late round picks, middle rounds. But this Jets put in together a six win season. I don't see it. Take the under. We should all be really high on the Eagles this year. The advanced stats community ranks their offensive line either first or right near the top. That's traditionally a very good benchmark for rating success for a team going into the regular season. I expect the Cowboys, as we talked about, take a slight step back from where they were last year. The Eagles should be front runners to win the NFC East. I'm banking on this is the year that Jalen Hurts takes a... Uh, leap into the next tier of QBs. Like I, I did, I mentioned already that I am a Jalen Hurts draftee in my fantasy league. You should care about my fantasy team. It's very good. It's very important. I'm banking on Jalen Hurts having a great season. You got AJ Brown, second year, Devontae Smith. You got Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell in the backfield. That's a really good core, and they can put together 10 wins. I think like there's a reason I think this lo- nine, 10 wins looks high on the Eagles because if you take a look if you just take a quick glance at the Eagles you say oh that's the that's the Eagles they're going to be terrible. You look at the core, you look at what they can do on defense, you look at the O-line. This is a this is a 10-win team and Hurts is truly that guy. Eagles over. Pittsburgh knew the Ben Roethlisberger train was leaving town and to replace him They've got a quarterback battle of Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett. I love Najee Harris. I love Chase Claypool. I love 
George Pickens, especially as one of the best fantasy sleepers this season. But I would be very surprised if Trubisky or Pickett led the Steelers to put together an over of seven and a half wins. I got to take the under. Also been some very alarming discourse on the team's uh, O-line. If Najee Harris is going to be the offensive star on this team and help alleviate some of the pain that's going on in quarterback, how is he supposed to hit any of the holes when the Steelers didn't work to improve their not-so-great O-line? I'm a little disappointed in the Steelers' offseason because I root for the Steelers. I got a good friend named Adam Wilde who's a big Steelers fan, and I have Najee Harris on my fantasy team. I'm hoping the Steelers do well. I don't think they hit seven and a half wins. San Francisco 49ers. Does anybody else think that Jimmy G is going to be the quarterback in San Francisco for a large chunk of this regular season? I don't believe in Trey Lance. Why are we all dismissing the fact that last year they were in the NFC Championship game and had an opportunity to beat the Rams? With the 49ers, this this stat is freaking wild. With Garoppolo, Shanahan, coach of the 49ers is 31 and 14. Without Garoppolo, Shanahan is 8 and 28. 20 games under 500. Trey Lance might be the future of this team, but is he, I don't think he's the future this year. I think they're forcing the issue by making Trey Lance the starting quarterback and for a large chunk of the season I think Jimmy G is going to be the starting quarterback. I'm going to take the under because it's set a little high at nine and a half. And I think all this flip-flopping with Trey Lance and Jimmy G isn't good. I like NFL teams that don't have a lot of noise around them. And San Francisco this offseason has been all noise, especially in the last couple of weeks when they were like, oh, yeah, we're going to bring in Jimmy G, even though we left him out of all the team meetings. Uh, Debo is going to have a great season regardless of anything that is going on at quarterback. He's just so talented. He's going to put up numbers. Uh, Nick Bosa, he's going to lead one of the best D-lines in football. Like, their defense is always so strong. I had a note here. One of their offensive line was one of the weakest parts of the team. And in the offseason, they lost their left guard and center, making them weaker at a very weak position, O-line. So that doesn't bode well. But... For me, it starts and ends with the quarterback controversy. And you've got so much noise around your quarterbacks. Uh-uh. I'm not taking the over on you. Hitting the under at nine uh, on the nine and a half win projection. Betting line on sportsinteraction.com slash SDPM. The Seattle Seahawks. Seattle Seahawks are where Pete Carroll finally gets his way. Russell Wilson is gone, so he can run the ball on every single play this season. Metcalf and Lockett are going to combine for a total of zero targets this season. And Rashad Penny and uh, Kenneth Walker, they're going to combine for 400 carries each. That's not how you win football games in 2022. The way you win football games is by passing the ball. It's been proven time and time again. You win by throwing. And the best offenses in the league are built around high-efficiency throwing offenses. Pete Carroll refuses. He refuses to pass the ball. They're going to try and run the ball to death. And like, that's not, that's not a team I'm going to take and hit the over with. It's it's set at five and a half, which isn't a lot of wins, five and a half wins. They got to hit six here, but like the Seahawks are going to be a contender here for a top four draft pick. They're not going to be very good. Wilson had to go because he was unhappy and they didn't bolster the defense. They didn't go get a QB. 
they're going to waste two talent, very talented wide receivers. They don't have an all-pro running back. I feel for Seattle fans this year it is not going to be a happy season. No matter how many absences he wants to take from the team or facelifts, we see you, Tom Brady, or hair plugs, we see you, Tom Brady. Brady wants to get, don't bet against Tom Brady. It's gone under the radar that Tampa has, I'm ranking, the best receiver core in the NFL. Let me list it for you. Evans, Godwin, Juju, Russell Gage, Julio Jones. Now, Gage, Jones, we don't know what they are. We don't know where what level they'll get to. But that's a ridiculous group of five. Brady will deploy them in every single way possible in order to win. The over-under here is very high. Betting on a team to hit 12 wins. I think I mentioned this previously. Previously, Betting on teams to get double-digit wins, especially 12, is a ridiculous number. That's why there's low good value on it. It's a very high number, and it's the Bucks with Tom Brady. The best part about this team, Bruce Arians is no longer calling the plays. Not having Bruce Arians is there and his wild swings of his of emotion and decision making is going to benefit an already really good stacked roster. The NFC is also projected to be a, like a lot worse this season towards the middle and bottom half. There's 12 wins on the Bucks schedule. Expect them to hit the over of that 11 and a half. The Tennessee Titans. Nobody remembers this except for Titans fans, but the Tennessee Titans were the number one seed in the AFC last year. They had a first round bye. Nobody believed in them when they had a first round bye. Nobody thought they would have any type of run to the Super Bowl, and they didn't. Uh, currently on Sports Interaction, they're the 15th team most likely to win the Super Bowl. That doesn't sound like last year's previous number one overall seed in the AFC. Like that's This is a team that there's a complete lack of faith in, and it was largely due, to be honest, by Derrick Henry's injury midseason. But going to that playoffs, like Derrick Henry came back for it weeks he was supposed to, and he has the ability to take over a game single-handedly and carry an offense. Julio Jones and A.J. Brown have been replaced by Robert Woods and Westbrook Hine, who I think like both of those are kind of bit of a downgrade. Who knows what Julio Jones still is, as I just mentioned, but like I think those are downgrades. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is still your quarterback. That's a quarterback who's won nothing in his career. The defense is solid, and we expect that again this year that they'll be solid. Um, if you bet the over, you're betting on Derrick Henry dominating the entire world. Like you're you're betting on a Derrick Henry Henry MVP season. And like I'm not banking on that. I think Derrick Henry largely last year was volume based. The spectacular numbers he was putting up before he was injured was because of the amount of volume he had. And even if that keeps up, an average runner just receiving a lot of touches. I don't know if that carries you to 10 wins. The over-under here is 9.5. I'm going to take the under of that 9.5. Nine-win season in Tennessee. The Washington Commanders, we close things out. Uh, first thing with the Commanders, they should have stuck with the name Washington football team. That was a badass name. Commanders is not good. It's not, it's not awful, 
you know, but it's not good. Washington fo- football team was a badass soccer kind of name. Like, I wish they stuck with it. Uh, not awful, though, is the commanders have a great defensive line. Uh, that's going to be hell for opposing QBs. Uh, their D-line's been spectacular last season, and I think will continue to be spectacular. Uh, I like the weapons Carson Wentz has. Carson Wentz, who we've talked about previously, it's not a good idea to bank on Carson Wentz having a good season. But the over-under isn't very high. It's only set at 7.5, and and Washington's a team that goes criminally underrated, I think, on on betting markets and in the season themselves by uh, NFL uh, coverage. Terry McLaurin is consistently great. Gibson and McKissick are a solid backfield. And like the only question, we'll return to it, do we trust Carson Wentz? Can he pick up a couple extra wins in a tougher division uh, where they only won two of six division games last year? If we look outside of that schedule, it's one of the easier ones in the NFL. Uh, I count six games that they would be favored in. So we'd need like three to four underdog wins to cash in uh, to hit the over. I don't think that's an unreasonable challenge for a team with a really strong defense. So I'm going to bank on the commanders getting over seven and a half wins. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you chose to be listening or watching this podcast right now. And I appreciate you for that. Thank you. If you like this content, give it a like on YouTube, give a subscribe to the channel or give it a nice old rating on the podcast app that you're listening right now. Uh, Much appreciated if you do that. I'll be back on this feed early next week. More football content coming your way. And that is how it's done. The Jesse Blake Sports Report with Jesse Blake. Powered by Sports Interaction. Canada's Sportsbook. Jesse Blake, the guy that likes to hear his name twice in one sentence. Sure, I know him. No, he doesn't have an ego at all.